AV Nation is brought to you by Atlona, the go-to provider for AV signal distribution and control in corporate, higher education, and residential spaces. Learn more at atlona.com. I think that in a lot of organizations, you know, it's already thought of as that the salesperson is, you know, kind of the the, the front man of the band, right? You know, he's he's the singer, he's the mic, he's out in front and uh, you know, sometimes feels like the programmer is kind of like the lonely bassist sitting in the background, you know. But everyone hates the bass player. No one invites the bass player to the party after the show. Hey, what are you guys doing after the show? Oh, nothing. Okay. Programmers often have difficulty getting their voices heard. So on this episode, we're going to talk about why that's the case. What are some ways to get their feet wet and get comfortable? And what are the possible value that can be had by programmers being more outspoken. All that and more on A State of Control. A State of Control, episode 111. Welcome to A State of Control, an aviation podcast that highlights the control programming and audiovisual aspects of the industry. My name is Steve Greenblatt. I'm your host. Thanks for joining us today. Um, on today's show, we're going to talk about something a little interesting. Um, it's going to be about how, how can we get more programmers to share their voice? And um, we have a few here today that are willing to do so, and uh, I'm going to introduce them. But first, I'm going to say hi to my partner here at Estate of Control. He's known as Uncle Richie and also Rich Fragosa. How are you, Rich? I'm doing good. Mellow West Coast greetings. It's uh, good to be back. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome um, one returning guest and somebody who uh, I know for some time that's going to be joining us for the first time, but not uh, somebody who's unfamiliar to the aviation audience. But first, uh, uh, Kate Atkins from Root Integrated Systems. She was last on episode 104 and also episode 97. Welcome back, Kate. Hi, thanks for having me back. Thanks for being here. And uh, last but not least is Erin Marmoran. She's uh, the host of the EdTech podcast, so you should know her there from uh, AV Nation. Also uh, a programmer in her past life and now um, works at Johns Hopkins University and manages uh, AV team. Welcome, Erin. Thanks for having me, Steve. Thanks for being here. One of the things that I think is important is that a lot of programmers have a lot to say, but they don't always share their thoughts. And, and uh I think that there there's a lot that can be done in this industry um, with the ideas and the experiences and the knowledge that programmers have, but the key is is getting them to go and be outspoken about it, bringing them to the forefront. A lot of them like to live behind the scenes. That may be partly their nature, may also be the way they've just been told to be. But um, what we're going to talk a little bit about here is, uh, is a little bit of the why, but also about what, what are the, some things that we can do and what, what, are the, uh, what is the impact that we can have if we can get more programmers to be more outspoken or, or, and also just take more forward-facing roles. So, um, Rich, um, one of the reasons we do this podcast is to, to bring more attention to, to AV programming and programmers. So, um, Tell me a little bit about what, what your thoughts are about what, you know, how, how could somebody start to bring themselves out of the woodwork or what, what can we do to help make that happen? You know, the, the biggest part, the, the beginning part is, is being open to coaching and seeking coaching. Um, 
I think that in a lot of organizations, you know, it's already thought of as that the salesperson is, you know, kind of the, the, the front man of the band, right? You know, he's, he's the singer, he's the mic, he's out in front and, uh, you know, sometimes feels like the programmer is kind of like the lonely bassist sitting in the background, you know, but, you know, but again, it's like in a band, right? The bassist is the one who's laying down the groove, the one who's keeping everybody, you know, kind of going and being part of the rhythm section of the band. And it, it generally speaking, a lot of programmers don't seek the limelight. They, they are happy to go ahead and do the work and kind of get in and get out. And if you want to advance your career, um, it comes down to just the same way that you upgrade your technical chops and, and you refine your skill set there. Your, your social skill set, your interpersonal skill set is equal, if not greater at times, to your long-term success to be able to move to a point where, say, if you're not just going to be coding the entire time, if you want to manage a team of programmers, if you want to run a division, if you want to go ahead and decide and, and open up your own third-party programming firm, those are going to be the necessary steps in order to acquire business and sustain your business. And so I, I view it as, from a coaching standpoint, that first question is, do you want to find a way to, to grow and, and increase your income and increase all of the ways that you're going to further yourself professionally? And if not, that's okay. That, that, that That's also okay. That's something that we talk with a lot of people is that, you know, not everybody wants to take over that world. Um, but if you want to sit and you're good in your lane, that's great. But for people who are looking for that next step, um, you know, seek out your sales managers, seek out your programming managers, seek out ed tech, you know, um, it, depending on whatever vertical that you're in, uh, you know, show up at trade shows, uh, show up at trainings, you know, meet people. And during that period of time, you'll, you'll find through the connections that you make, it makes it a whole lot easier to seek people out. And, and, and that's the hardest part. Because it, it's it's that first step, which is seeking somebody out and starting that conversation as opposed to waiting for the conversation. Because it's not going to happen. People aren't just going to seek you out and say, hey, you're a fantastic programmer. I need to talk to you about 50 different things about how awesome you are. It's just not how the way, the, the, the way that it works. Um, so you got to be willing to take that first step. Um, and I think that you know shows like this, but again, the trade shows, everything else, there are opportunities there. Um, it's a scary part. Again, like I said, the predilections of, of, of your personality. But if you want to grow professionally, that is that 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 jump into the deep end you got to be willing to make because there are people there waiting on the deep end to, to, to help you through it. Kate, I, I think a lot of what Rich said may have this, this, this described some of what you've done over the past year or so. And I know that we, we've gotten to know each other through, uh, through Twitter. We finally got to meet in person at Infocom and, and you even do your own um, uh, video cast about um, user interface. So tell me a little bit about that. Like what, what, um, what inspired you, but also what, what is that, what, what does that path look like for somebody to follow in your footsteps? Well, like Rich was saying, it's, it, it's, kind of scary. And I've said it before, like, it's terrifying for me to kind of put myself out there like that. But I did want to take that next step. And I did want to make those connections. So I kind of pushed myself to do that. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, as programmers, like you were saying, you know, we're a lot of introverts, usually, um, because we we have, you know, usually not not all, but most of them have that personality, we like to solve puzzles, and we like to think quietly, and we like to plan everything out. And we're trying to, you know, get every every condition that might happen right and plan for all those things and those kind of tend to be those those isolated things um and 
pushing yourself out to do that is very scary, but it's also extremely rewarding. Um, I've met so many great people this way and, and reaching out and finding that there's other people out there who have the same kind of passions that I do. And it's just a matter of finding them. <laughs> and you're not going to find them if you don't look, because they're all probably just as quiet as you are, unless you make the effort to get out there. So, And Erin, I, I know that uh, you, you, you've had a journey through programming. You've also managed programmers and, and also gotten uh, pretty involved in HETMA. Um, which is the Higher Ed Technology Managers Alliance. I have to share our acronyms. Um, so uh, you know, tell me a little bit about what that looks like, but also maybe focus in on how, how can you, you, in your role, inspire more programmers to, to be recognized and be heard? From a manager point of view, like I, um, I had read The Radical Candor by Kim Scott. And, you know, there are, she talks about the, you know, different, that there are different types of really great employees, that there are the rock stars and the superstars. And it, the superstars are the ones who want to keep moving and growing. And, you know, they're on the high trajectory where the rock stars are solid. They get the job done. And that seems to be where a lot of uh, programmers fall. And part of that is, um, probably personality wise. And I think some of it too is uh, like AV in general in a construction project, AV is kind of last. Well, in an AV project, programming tends to be last. Um, so, you know, if, if a programmer is doing their job right, they're coming in, they're loading code, they're out. Like they're not really sticking around and talking by the water cooler and doing all, you know, all the socializing and stuff. And they, you know, we tend to be, you know, a little bit to ourselves. And um, so there is the le less recognition because you're like, if they did it right, you don't need to really talk anymore. Like you're, you're like consistently good and not a problem you kind of just fall into the background. And I think as a manager, we have to recognize that more and just be able to see like, they're getting it done. Like we need to recognize them and call them out a little bit. And I know it sometimes makes people, um, especially introverted people, like a lot of times they don't want the spotlight. They're a little, you know, it, it makes them a little uncomfortable, but you got to kind of like find out what their love language is and really kind of make them feel comfortable with giving them those accolades and kind of boosting them up a little bit and slowly kind of giving them a little nudge and being like, hey, you're doing it. You're doing the right things. And, you know, maybe you have something to say that other programmers out there or other people in the AV industry in general would appreciate. Maybe you go on a podcast or be part of a panel. Um, Cause yeah, we need, we need the programmers to be a little, you know, putting themselves out there, but I think it also helps to give them a little, a little nudge to kind of move along, move them along. And it's not just the growth in my my th opinion. It's also the fact that they have a lot of good things to say. We just have to get it out there. And, and I think that there's a, it could have a big impact on the industry. Um, Rich, I'll, I'll kind of turn it back to you. 
know, you, you go to events like um, like uh, a training or or some some place where programmers really feel comfortable, and they're going to all congregate, and because they they have that, uh, you know, they're amongst their people, and um, and and that and, and that's always a great thing. Um, but there were years where more would go to Infocom. Um, what what's changed, and 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 is it is it okay to just be a, vocal in your arena, or do we need to get do, do we need to find more ways to to maybe uh, create a little bit more of a blend and and get uh, get programmers to be in this, the same room as designers and salespeople and and and, and others uh, in the industry? Absolutely, the more the more rooms that you can enter um and the more roads that you can create a point and and actually i'm going to take a, a step aside i'm i'm going to call out kate kate is a perfect roadmap on how you take those steps i mean the hardest part is like okay well i hear theoretically all the things that i should do right it's like it's like anything else right you can see a management book you can see you can watch a youtube video or any of these things about what you should be doing right there's uh, I, I always tell people, you know, the you it, it, as much as you want to, you can't rationalize irrational thoughts, and irrational thoughts have meaning. They have that that grip at times. And if that voice in the back of your head says, I, you know, I I, sh I don't I I'm not going to start because if it's not perfect, why should I begin? Because that's also one of the problems with programmers too, is that. Um, you know, I, I always with with when I've had teams is I've always coached and in, in, in whether it's sports, or whether it's programming, business, anything else is the concept of coaching to excellence and not perfection. Excellence is doing the best you can with the tools you have at that moment, regardless of the outcome. Perfection is, you know, I have this end result and I, I it's, you know, binary. It's that that has failed. That's not how it works. Um Kate was a perfect example for me, in, you know, in terms of recent memory in that, you know, she's she, you know, from that playbook, found a way on the podcast, uh, introduced herself, reached out on LinkedIn, you know, all of these little things that in the back of your head, when you're pushing out and putting yourself out there, running your own podcast, asking to be on podcasts, showing up in Vinfocom, going to a tweet up, being part of AV and the AM. Uh, you know, any of these things, being part of, you know, these manufacturer um, programming groups, right? And just typing in. There's one instance I know uh, a fellow who's been a programmer now for, gosh, 29 years. I remember him from when he was starting out as an intern at a community college and he was supporting like his community college. And he's become, you know, I think almost a, at this point, like a platinum level programmer. But I remember him at that point, and and again, kind of quirky, but he was involved. He was always on the on the boards, and so before I even met him, I knew who he was, and it formed an introduction and it made it easier for me to interact. So you don't have to do, always do it in person. There's lots of online opportunities to kind of soft pedal your way in, and and so you know those are a couple examples. And again, I'm just gonna throw it you know when when you want to throw it to Kate, but I, I I am interested because I know that that was a big leap for her, and I just want to say Kate that fantastic job it paid off and you made the right decision so congratulations thank you yeah it was uh 
it was very scary. And I will say it continues to be scary. I mean, it doesn't go away necessarily. I mean, it gets a little bit easier, like the more people and the more connections you make, you feel a little bit more comfortable with each one. Um, but yeah, there are still times where, you know, I might think like, oh, do I, do I really want to continue to put myself out there? Am I, am I really saying things that make sense that people want to hear? Like, should I just stop and disappear? Like maybe I shouldn't have done this altogether. Um, but there are so many more benefits to it to, to continue to put yourself out there. And, and like I said, it's, it's, it's not going to be always a smooth, you know, incredible transition, like upward. It's not going to always be that constant thing. Um, I've even had to backpedal a little bit just to get back to my comfort zone a little bit and go push forward again. Um, but yeah, it's finding the little places to start. Um, like you said, LinkedIn, you know, reaching out, uh, AV and the AM has been a great one. Um, because then you get to know people in, in uh, a less, a less amount of pressure. Cause for me, you know, I've said it before, I, I feel more comfortable talking to computers than to people. So it's easier for me to just do that through, you know, text. I can type things out. I can put my thoughts in order before I send it out there. And then I can get to know people a little bit at a time and get a little bit more comfortable. Um, so definitely find those, those avenues that make you feel a little bit more comfortable to make that connection and then build from there. And I, I echo what, what Rich said, and, and trust me, it doesn't get any, any easier over time, no matter how long you do it. There's always something that you're going to force yourself to do that, that is new or is just not your favorite thing. <laughs> I, it just happened to me yesterday, so I totally get it. Um, um, Aaron, I, I wanted to see if you could talk a little bit about how Hetma has done such a great job of bringing technology managers together, because I, I see a parallel here because technology managers, a lot of them were kind of in their own world and sometimes they're remote. They, they, they really are self-sufficient and, um, but, but HEPMA has really created community around that. Do you think that there's something there for programmers as well? Do you think that, 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 um, that there's a way that, that we as an industry could create more community for programmers? Absolutely. I feel like, um, Hetma has kind of allowed the technology manager to really kind of find its place and grow. And, you know, we've created a culture where uh, everybody has a voice and that, and we want to make sure that with the um, acquisition of higher ed AV media, that'll allow Hetma to really kind of just open it up and allow our members to have as much of a voice as they want through podcasts or just or articles or blogs and stuff like that. Um, and I think that that really has in, empowered the, the tech manager and that, you know, and many of us have come from a programming background and it, yeah, I think it could be beneficial for programmers to kind of band together and have more of an organized group. Um, because I, I feel like, you know, the more that we get out there and like shows like this and um, it, it's the whole, like, if you see it, you can be it sort of mentality where I think, you know, the more programmers see other programmers actually, you know, getting their voices out there, they'll be more encouraged to do it themselves. And um, so having sort of a, a gather, you know, a central gathering place for, for other programmers could be, you know, one of the things that helps them really start to 
get out there and say, we've got something to say. It's a good, good kind of stepping off point as we're wrapping up. I, what I was going to ask each of you is, and, and I'll start with you, Kate, is just to talk a little bit about what value you think programmers that do speak up can bring to the industry. What are some things that the industry doesn't know that programmers can offer or some knowledge or, or some, some ways that they can raise the bar or, or, or impact the work that they do um, just by speaking up? Because I think that that would be good proof that there's value here and that we, we, we should be encouraged to go and, and um, be more, a little bit more outgoing. Yeah, I think there's a lot that that we can bring. Um, and I think part of it is, uh, as Aaron mentioned before, we tend to be at the end of the chain. Um, so everybody kind of at the beginning doesn't necessarily see what we're doing. Uh, they don't really know what's going on. Uh, they don't know maybe all of the the struggles that we deal with, the, the workarounds that we find um, trying to make things work. They don't always know everything that's happened at the very end of the project to make it across the finish line. They just, you know, they see the design and the the uh, intention up front, and then they see the results, but they might not see that little bit at the end. Um, so I think as programmers, if we bring that forward and we show our value and show like, hey, we we understand how these pieces of gear work together and we figured out these quirks and we've worked around this way and and all that thing, um, all those kinds of things, it's really important for, for the rest of the industry, I think, to see that. Um, and I also just, like I've, I've said before, I, I think what we do is magic. I mean, we we manipulate people's environment around them, right? We're making things happen and come to life around people. Um, and I think not everybody uh, keeps that in mind, you know, in the in the industry, and maybe they kind of forget that sometimes, that, you know, as programmers, we're a huge part of that, of making that happen and making things, you know, that visceral response when things start moving around you that, you you know, you don't necessarily get from a, a you know, something on a screen. Um, but it's, it's, a big part of the industry and a big part of what makes the magic happen in here. And I think it's important for us to kind of share that with people and, and share our own passion for it, because if we weren't passionate about it, we probably wouldn't be doing it. I like that. And um, Aaron, similar question. Uh, what, 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 what can the industry learn from programmers that are more outspoken and, and what, or what are they missing out? Yeah, I think that um, potentially system designers can learn that like, we can do a lot and sometime in it, it really is magic. And that if they bring in a programmer straight out the gate, they may be able to even come up with better user experiences and better designed and um, just to get a, I know that they have an idea of what the, end user wants. But I think a lot of times if the programmer's involved a little bit earlier or directly with the end user, I think there could be a, even more of like a symbiotic relationship there and really make those systems shine. Uh, because once usually the, you know, once the design is done and then handed over and they're like, we, you know, this is what they want. And they're like, oh, well, we probably could have done this like a little differently. And by that point, like you know, the POs are cut and everything's all the stuff's in motion. So we are like, mm, all right, it's a little too late, but you know, there, there's only so much we can do at that point. Um, but yeah, it's like, get, get the programmers involved earlier in the process. Yeah, I think going along with that too, I mean, um, 
a lot of times we're the ones that are kind of like at the, the last person at the job site or, you know, with the commissioner or whatever. And we're usually the ones that are getting the customer walking in at the end and going, why does that do that? Like, shouldn't it do that? Um, shouldn't it be called this? Shouldn't that those colors, oh, those colors changed, you know, last week and we need to like change everything again. Um, and, and that doesn't always filter back to the engineers, but it's, it's experience that we all have that we can take forward and bring forward under the next job and say like, hey, you know, we've, we've done it this way so many times and every single time the customer comes in at the end and says, you know, why isn't it doing it this way? Like maybe we should start off with that this time. And if we have those conversations with the customers up ahead and if we're involved earlier in the process, then we can kind of catch all that before it gets to that, you know, sitting in the conference room the last day and all those changes want to come in. Very relatable. <laughs> Rich, uh, I'll give you the last word on this. Uh, and, you know, uh, what, what, what are, what is the industry missing out if programmers are not speaking up? Finishing jobs successfully. Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of using the band analogy and, and, you know, again, my, my career path kind of like yours too, was, you know, I specialize more in dealing with projects after they've been screwed up than starting projects. I, I mean, my 30 year career has been built around coming in and going, yeah, that was not the right idea. And, and still to this day, um, you know, I mean, you've got system designers, you've got technology managers, you've got people who are kind of the, the front, you know, the face of the band, and they sometimes start to believe their own press. And from a business standpoint, again, and I'm speaking as, as, as a business owner and speaking to business owners and the business of what we do, not the personality of what we do, but the business of what we do. You know, and I, I, I see it on LinkedIn, I see it on Twitter, and I, I, I see people in the industry who, from a design standpoint and not the practical standpoint, believe that they've just invented fire and that they've got the most fantastic idea that's ever been created until it's a bad idea. Uh, but then the programmers are left picking up the pieces. I found that the consulting side of what I do is built upon all of the mistakes that I've made in the field in the past 30 years. And that is valuable information. You need to have, same thing from your field technicians, from, from your programmers, from the commissioning people, from a, a successful business or organizational standpoint. It, because sales is flashy, because you know, you're, you're selling stuff and, and, and it's, it's the song and dance and it's the magic that is sold before anything starts. It's a great concept, but like Kate said, when you're dealing with somebody at eight o'clock at night and the C-level suite walks in and takes a look at their boardroom and goes, hey, dot, dot, dot. The salesperson didn't get that call, <laughs> you know, but they got their commission because that PO already got signed off. But organizationally speaking, from a profit center, from continued business, from being able to pick up the second office now from it, that's where you execute. That's where it happens from being able to take that information which is gold and, and leveraging it. So, you know, again, for, for, for me, it, it's, it's kind of come down to that dollar cent cent standpoint, which is whether you're a small organization or a large organization, that is talent that you need to mine, which will hopefully make your salespeople and your managers, your technology managers better at what they do. Because sometimes you need to give them that reality check, which was, no, your butt just got saved. They didn't do it for the credit. They just did it to get the job done. And, it's like coaching anything else, right? It's if you don't know a problem exists and if you don't pipe up about a problem, you can't fix a problem. 
So it tends to be endemic. And it's like, why do these jobs always go over? Why are we always losing money on this? Why is it always three weeks later? It's because on the front end, you didn't harvest that information from the back end. And programmers need to be able to speak up and say, hey, look, what I see is valuable. Um, and you have to go ahead and hopefully nurture an organization that values that and supports it. And if not as a programmer, there's lots of other places you can go that will nurture it. And don't be afraid to go find a place that will value what you do. Well said and a great place for us to stop. <laughs> That's a mic drop. <laughs> so thank you guys for being part of this. I'm sure this is a conversation we'll continue over time. And I think a valuable one and one that I hope that our audience will really uh, sink their teeth into because this is going to benefit everybody. Um, uh, Kate Atkins from Root Integrated Systems. How can people get in touch with you, learn more about what you're up to, and, and also some of the work that you're doing online on UI and UX? You can email me, uh, kayatkins at rootintegration.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm still on Twitter sometimes. I'm, tr I'm promising I'm getting back to that um, code underscore Kate. And then uh, my YouTube series, uh, UX and UI in AV, it's called User Friendly AV. So you can find that on YouTube. It's also got its own uh, Twitter handle, and uh, that should be kicking back up here soon, too. Make sure you check that out, especially if you want to learn about uh, the fundamentals of uh, UI and UX. Good stuff. Um, Aaron Marmoran, Aaron, thank you for being on. Finally, we get a chance to have you and it's been too long. Um, thanks. Uh, how can people get in touch with you, learn about HETMA, learn about Johns Hopkins and all the things that you're doing and also EdTech? You can reach out to me um, at uh, through my HETMA email, vicechair at hetma.org, or you can check out HETMA itself at our website, hetma.org, uh, or... Um, you can find me on the Hetma community, and also you can catch me monthly on the EdTech podcast on AV Nation. And you can find me on LinkedIn at Aaron Marmoran or on the social media platform formerly known as at, uh, Twitter at Smearin underscore off underscore ice. And Rich, um, another great show. How can people get in touch with you, learn what you're up to, and, uh, and as, as you always say, where to find you? That's it. Uh, you can always uh, type my name into the interweb. Something will pop up. Uh, you can find the company at fergosadesign.com. You can find me on the various socials at rfergosa. But as always, I hope the place that you find me is here on avnation.tv and our suite of shows that cover all of the verticals, including programming, resi, commercial, and ed tech. So big, big, big plug for Aaron to check out that show. Um, and uh, like I said, best place, place, hopefully you find me there. This is Aaron Marmoran of EdTech. The world of higher ed AV is growing rapidly. That's why each month we hear from the best and brightest from colleges and universities all over the U.S. Check out EdTech on avnation.tv or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Aaron, supporting our sponsors. Very good. And for me, you could find me at Steve Greenblatt on social media, my company, Control Concepts at controlconcepts.net. And um, as Rich said, you know, we, we'd like to hear from our audience. Hopefully this is an encouraging show. And if anybody wants to take that step and, and do something a little out of their, outside their comfort zone, please reach out. We'd like to have you on the show. If you have other things that you want us to cover, please let us know about that as well. And um, please check out um, all the shows uh, on the site and all the things that uh, are being done to make uh, Aviation uh, a stronger media 
voice in the industry. So please uh, check those out. Leave us a rating, review, feedback, share your favorite episode. We'd love to hear you. And we'd really be honored to know what it is that you like and that you're out there. And with that, this has been A State of Control. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation.